Praise the Lord. Apologize, we're getting started a little bit later. Had lots of treats, so it's kind of hard to, to move away from that, isn't it? Fellowship, it's always good, so it's, it's hard to end that, but we do need to, to get started on our second service. Uh, we have just a few announcements, a reminder, next Sunday. Next Sunday will be All Nations Sunday. We will be having church in Whitehall at noon. So we will not meet here at all. We will go there at noon, and we'll have fellowship afterwards. So bring a dish to pass. Uh, The address uh, is up there, the 18885 Dewey Street. It's on a pretty much a main street in Whitehall. It's on a corner. Kind of hard to miss. It's a really small white church. But if you need directions... Please, um, if you need help getting that, uh, Sister Shepherd has volunteered to help you with that. If you know pulling it up and printing them out or whatever, um, so get together with her if you need any help with directions. We want to see everybody there. It's going to be an amazing time. Hallelujah! All right, November third is our next youth rally, and that's going to be in Toma, so pretty close to home. And our own brother Parker. Bishop Parker is going to be speaking at $5 for a taco bar afterwards, so please be sure to put that on your calendars and get over there. November 11th, we have our men's prayer at 8 a.m. and our ladies are meeting at 10 a.m. Also, a reminder, the uh, final date for the Tupelo Children's Mansion offering is December 3rd, Um, so we want to buy the $25 Walmart gift cards for them, as we do every year. We like to bless them, don't we? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Wherever I am, I'll praise him whenever I can. I'll praise him for his love surrounds me like the sea. I'll praise the name of Jesus, lift up the name of Jesus, for the name of Jesus lifted me. Wherever I am, I'll praise Him whenever I can. I'll praise Him for His love surrounds me like the sea. I'll praise the name of Jesus, lift up the name of Jesus, for the name of Jesus lifted me. Wherever I am, I'll praise Him whenever I can. I'll praise Him for His love surrounds me like a sea. I'll praise the name of Jesus, lift up the name of Jesus, for the name of Jesus lifted me. Wherever I am, I'll praise Him whenever I can. I'll praise Him for His love surrounds me like a sea. I'll praise the name of Jesus, lift up the name of Jesus for the name of Jesus lifted me. Wherever I am, I'll praise Him whenever I can. I'll praise Him for His love surrounds me like a sea. I'll praise the name of Jesus, lift up the name of Jesus for the name of Jesus lifted me. Hallelujah. Let's do that. Let's give him praise. He is worthy. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord. Hallelujah. Before the rocks cry out, I will praise you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
Hallelujah. I give you the highest praise. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I lift your name on high. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's praise, let's praise, let's praise the Lord. Let's praise, let's praise, let's praise the Lord. He brought me out and set me free from this old world of misery. Let's praise, let's praise the Lord. Come on, let's praise, let's praise. Let's praise the Lord. Let's praise, let's praise, let's praise the Lord. He brought me out and set me free from this old world of misery. Let's praise, let's praise the Lord. Come on, let's praise, let's praise. Let's praise the Lord. Let's praise. Let's praise. Let's praise the Lord. He brought me out and set me free from this old world of misery. Let's praise. Let's praise the Lord. Come on, let's praise. Let's praise. Let's praise the Lord. Let's praise. Let's praise. Let's praise the Lord. He brought me out and set me free from this old world of misery. Let's praise. Let's praise the Lord. Come on, let's praise. Let's praise. Let's praise the Lord. Let's praise. Let's praise. Let's praise the Lord. He brought me out and set me free. This old world of misery. Let's praise. Let's praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before Him. Heaven and earth adore Him. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before Him. Heaven and earth adore Him. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before Him. Heaven and earth adore Him. What a mighty God we serve. Jesus is the God we serve. Jesus is the God we serve. Angels bow before Him. Heaven and earth adore Him. What a mighty God we serve. Jesus is the God we serve. Jesus is the God we serve. 
angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. To the mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve. Hallelujah, 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 Jesus, you're worthy, you're worthy, you're mighty Lord, Jesus, great and glorious is our God, great and glorious is our God, hallelujah, hallelujah, thank you for the blood, we thank you for your power and your glory, we thank you for your omnipotence. We thank you for your omniscience. We thank you for your omnipresence. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Your will be done. Father, 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 your will be done. Oh, Father, your will be done. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. I believe He loves it when we love Him like that. Amen. I know I like the feeling of being loved. And I'm made in His image. So He must love the feeling of being loved back by His people. Amen. So we can't ever, you can't ever overlove out love God, can we? Amen. I was reading something the other day. This guy writing this article was trying to say that he was trying to correct the the Christian world or whatever and say it's not Jesus, it's Yeshua. Which Yeshua is yeah, it's true. That's that's probably the Hebrew way of saying it, but I sat there reading that article and I thought to myself, No, that's not right. That's not right. I was baptized in Jesus' name, and it made a difference. Amen. Everything that I've ever seen or heard testified being done in Jesus' name, it has to be the name of Jesus. That was the, that was the sole purpose and reason for that happening. So I, thought, I found myself saying to this guy like he can't hear me, but I'm sorry, dude, you're wrong. Because there's too many people that have used the name of Jesus, and it's made the difference. It's the name of Jesus that makes a difference. Amen? You know, have you ever heard this saying, um, a person convinced against their will is of the same opinion still? Ever heard that? Someone convinced against their will is going to be of the same opinion still. Meaning, if I convince you, if I... If I go to great lengths to convince you about something, but in your heart and heart and mind and mind, you're going, you're agreeing with me on the surface, but underneath you're going, I don't agree with that. If I try to convince you of something without, if, if, if I try, if we stand up here and try to convince you of something that's in this book or in this word or what God has given us to say, but you are not choosing to believe that, 
There's nothing I'm going to do that's going to be contrary to your will if you choose to say, I don't believe that. Does that make sense? Because God's not going to make us serve Him. So I, for me, I'm not going to... And I never stand up here with the intent of trying to persuade or convince anybody of anything. I'm not here to do that. We're not up here to do that. We're up here to deliver what God has given us to say. So who's that put the responsibility on? Each one of us. It's your responsibility to do with what God speaks to you every time He speaks to you. You look back in the Old Testament... They shook their head yes, but it didn't mean yes. Praise God. Let's not forget to pray for Israel, folks. Amen. Let's not forget to pray for Israel. You know, God, you were bringing it out this morning. God is a God who knows the end from the beginning. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. God knows what He's doing. And if you go back in the Old Testament, in the book of Zechariah, I'm not going to read it, but there's a scripture in Zechariah 12:1 through 4 that talks about what's happening right now. And nobody, they're talking out there like they're going to take and wipe Israel off the map. That ain't happening. I'm sorry. Jerusalem's not going anywhere. They can say that stuff all they want. But I got a book that, and I got a God that wrote this book, and he's telling me that place ain't going anywhere. And that's... That's going to be the place, the epicenter of what's going to happen when we go out, when we get out of this place. That's where he's going to set up his kingdom, right there on this earth. And so let's continue to pray for Israel. And that was for free. Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 29, verse 9 through 14. Isaiah 29, 9 through 14. Amen. Isaiah chapter 29, starting in verse 9, it says, Stay yourselves and wonder. Cry ye out and cry. They are drunken, but not with wine. They stagger, but not with strong drink. For the Lord hath poured out upon you. Who's he talking to? He's talking to, the, he's talking to Israel back in the, in the tribes of Israel back then, but he is talking to us. You're right. The spirit of deep sleep, and hath closed your eyes, the prophets and your rulers, the seers hath he covered, hath he covered, period, there you go. And the vision of all is become unto you as the words of a book that is sealed, which men deliver to one that is learned, saying, Read this, I pray thee. And he saith, I cannot, for it is sealed. And the book is delivered to him that is not learned, saying, Read this, I pray thee. And he saith, I am not learned. Wherefore the Lord said, For as much as this people draw near to me with their mouth, and with their lips do honor me, the Amplified Bible right there calls it lip service. I found that very interesting. But have removed their heart from me, and their fear toward me is taught, by the precept of man. Therefore, behold, I will proceed to do a marvelous work among this people, even a marvelous work and a wonder, for the wisdom of their wise men shall perish, and the understanding of their prudent men shall be hid. Jesus' name. Father, thank you for this opportunity to be your vessel, just to help me to say what you want me to say, and nothing else, Father. Help your people to receive it, Lord Jesus, give us ears to hear today in Jesus' name. Jesus' name, you can be seated. Something called Ellicott's Commentary for English Readers in verse 13 says, about verse 13 says this, Wherefore the Lord said, and he's referencing in verse 13, it starts out with, Wherefore the Lord said. And he goes on to say, We pass from the effect to the cause. What was the cause and effect that the Lord was talking about, about his people? Back in that day, they had become a little dull of hearing. And they, they, they were starting to go their own way. And so God was dealing with that. God has a place where he gets to where he's had enough. Would you agree with that? The blind stupor was the outcome of a long hypocrisy. 
he'd let this go for a long, long time. Lip homage and an estranged heart had been the notes of the religious life of Israel. They could not, they could bear no other fruit. Their fear toward me is another part of that scripture that he's referencing. The words point to what we may call an anticipated Phariseeism. Side by side with the great commandments of the law and with the incisive teaching of the prophets, there was a growing there was growing up even a traditional system of ethics and religion based upon wrong principles and ending in a dishonest casuistry and formal devotion. They were just going through the motions, just practicing religion, doing it their own way. That word casuistry, I had to look it up because I just have to know what words like that mean. When some guy writes that, I'm like, i got to get up to the level where he's talking. <laughs> That's not a word I use every day. Nor, nor any of you, probably. Casuistry is the use of clever but unbound reasoning, especially in relation to moral questions. And then a one-word definition for that is something called sophistry. Anybody ever heard of that word? Sophistry. What is that? Sophistry is erroneous, false, or incorrect arguments. And I added a little bit there. Like false doctrines, doctrines of devils, and maybe traditions of men. So that's what this writer of this commentary was saying about what was happening to, the, to God's people in that day and why God was dealing with them. They had become just so traditional and they had created their own little ethics and religion based on, roughly based on the Mosaic Law, but they kind of started drifting off into their own way of doing things if you will. Amen? So not only are they false, but they are dishonest. These casuistries, these, this sophistry, this thing that they're doing, not only was it false, but it was dishonest. It's possible that today in Christianity and possibly even among our ranks that some are guilty of seeking out Scriptures that justify what they want to practice and believe to be true. It's possible that we're seeking out, that we're doing something that we believe to be, we think it's scriptural, and then we're seeking out scriptures to justify what we're doing. Is that the way it's supposed to be done? No. Rather than seeking out what the scripture says first, to see if what we're believing and doing is in line with what's in the book. And if you do it that way, what happens when you find out something that you're doing is not in the book? What are we supposed to do? If it was me, I have to stop doing that. If I can't, if I, if it's not in that book, I have to ask myself, maybe not stop doing it, but I have to ask myself, should I be doing that? And even further than that, I have to ask the Lord, Lord, I've been doing this over here, but your book over here says this. You just said it this morning. He'll talk to you. I heard one man say, he's, God is always talking. It's just the problem is we're not listening. He's always speaking. He's always talking. I know there was a 400-year time where there was no voice of God. 410 years or whatever it was. But that's not the case today. God is speaking. He is speaking to His church. And we need to be listening for His voice. And there's lots of other voices out there that are vying for our attention. And some of those voices are self-induced. We're allowing things to distract us. Which is, I believe, what happened to Israel and the, the tribes of, of Israel. They allowed their own ways. They allowed 
time, the expanse of time, they started getting relaxed. They started getting a little lackadaisical about things. And, and can we be guilty of that today? Matthew 15, 1 through 9, Jesus addresses this exact same subject that the prophets did of old and that, that God did of old in, in, the, in the book of Isaiah. He's addressing it to the church of, that, of our day. Then came to Jesus scribes and Pharisees, which were of Jerusalem, saying, Why do thy disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they wash not their hands when they eat bread. But he answered and said unto them, Why do you also transgress the commandment of God by your tradition? Man, I remember when I used to work construction. We didn't have hand sanitizer back in the day. And you didn't want to go in that port john and wash your hands in there. So with my dirty old hands, I would open my lunchbox and grab my sandwich out of my sandwich bag and just go to eating it. In Jesus' name. Dirt and all. People would just die if they even thought you were doing that today. <laughs> right? So these guys are worried about stuff that really doesn't matter to God anymore. For God commanded, saying, Honor thy father and mother and he that curseth father and mother, let him die the death. But you say, you, you religious people, you religious Pharisees, you say, whoever shall say to his father and his mother, it is a gift by whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me, and honor not his father and his mother, he shall be free. Thus have ye made the commandment of God of none effect by your tradition. If the Pharisees and the Sadducees could be guilty of that, is it limited to just them? It was those same guys that put him on the cross. Could we be guilty of that? I'm not saying anybody in this room is guilty of that, but I'm just asking a question. It's up to you to decide. I'm not here to convince anybody of anything. I'm just reading what's in the book. I'm just delivering to you what God told me to say by the grace and mercy of God. Ye hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying, See, God is the same yesterday and today and forever. He doesn't, there is no time and no space with God. He's, what he said back in Isaiah still applies today because God's, God was here already in this building right now before we ever even were born onto this earth. He was here this day already. He's already seen this day. He already knows what the outcome of this day is going to be. He already knows who's going to live and die today. This people draweth nigh to me with their mouth and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. Hallelujah. When I was in the military, when they were making a really good point, this one instructor would stomp. And after he did that several times, one of the students said, Yo, Sarge, why do you keep doing that? He said, I'm trying to make a point. When I stomp, you need to make a note. You need to write that down. That's important. They were trying to get us to pass a test, but it was important. And I never forgot that. And so thank you for whoever's phone went off. <laughs> God is trying to get a point across here today. If you're listening, don't, you're not listening to Brother Demuth. Just get that out of your head. God is talking to you. If I'm reading it in this Word, He's talking to you. I'm just the vessel. So all this stuff that Jesus was addressing and what they were doing in, in, in the, back in the day in Isaiah sounds a lot like formality, doesn't it? And doing things strictly according to traditions and commandments of men. Do we have traditions in Pentecost? We absolutely have traditions in Pentecost. Are some of them good? Are some of them not so good? 
God's people were definitely guilty of practicing their own variation and version of what they thought the law said. What happened because of that? They started building groves and places to worship called high places. Anybody ever read about that? Why did they build those places? What was the purpose of that? The primary purpose of those high places and those groves was so that they wouldn't have to travel to Jerusalem to worship. It's too hard. It's too much trouble. I got to take time out of my day to drive, to go all drive, walk all the way to Jerusalem to worship. So it would just be easier if we just built some groves and some idols. I mean, some groves and high places, which ended up having idols in them. And they started creating their own version of what God intended for them to do. Oh, God will be okay with it. Really? Was God okay with it? I read about a lot of kings that when, when the, the, the ones where it said, and this king was, did right in the sight of the Lord, and like his father David. And what did those kings do? First thing they did was they tore down the groves and the high places. We've got to get rid of this fake stuff. We've got to get rid of this stuff that looks right but isn't. We've got to do what God said to do. So my title, Don't Settle for Less. Don't settle for less than what is due unto you as a child of God. Why are we settling for less is the question we need to ask ourselves. Why am I satisfied and settled with where I'm at? The question I have is, does the enemy have us right where he wants us? Does the enemy have us right where he wants us with our traditions? Not that saying that traditions are bad. I love traditions. I had, I did, we had traditions in our home with our kids every Christmas and every Thanksgiving. And we did things a certain way to emphasize that it's not about the tree and the gifts and all that. It's about what's in this Word. It's about who was born on that day. We developed, we had those traditions for a reason. We wanted them to understand the true meaning behind all these things that we do. Right? Just like Israel was in Isaiah's day, have we knowingly or unknowingly allowed ourselves to be lulled into a place where we sincerely believe that the things that we are doing on a day-to-day basis are pleasing to the Lord? Are we? Have we unknowingly, over a long span of time, become comfortable with some of the things that we do? Simply because that's the way we've always done it. Is that a good reason? Because we've always done it that way? Have we even made a determination that God, God's okay with it? Because that's what those people in Isaiah did. It doesn't say that, but they were doing it. And God had to deal with it through the prophet. So they must have been doing it and thinking, well, God must be okay with it because nothing's happening. He's not coming down on us, so he must be okay with this. Is it possible that the fathers and our elders in Pentecost from 1901 forward, in all those years that you know that we were, that God was bringing the, the idea of Pentecost back into a, becoming a thing, right? I'm thankful for our history, aren't you? I'm thankful for those men on Azusa Street. I'm thankful for those men in, in Topeka. I'm thankful that God used those men. But where they started from was is not where we are today, is it? They had to operate in, based on the level of... God gave them enough revelation at that time to get things moving. Because they were questioning baptism in Jesus' name. They were doubtful. They, were, they, were, they weren't 100% sure about the baptism of the Holy Ghost and, until some people just started saying, well, it says it in the book. Let's just have a prayer meeting and see what happens. And lo and behold, what happened? 
It was almost like the the unexpected happened, but they they were expecting it, but they weren't sure. Like the people on the day of Pentecost, they didn't know what was going to happen. And all of a sudden, something happened. There was a there was a wind, and there was fire, and flames, and all this stuff started happening, and people started speaking in an unknown tongue, just like they did in Topeka, Kansas. And even after that, there were still some skeptics. But here, look where we are today. So is it possible that over from those years up until now that our our Pentecostal fathers maybe had some traditions and did some things a certain way that maybe weren't really in the book? Is that possible? I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying, is it possible? It's very possible. Why? Because we're flesh. We're men. We're women. We have our own mind and our own ideas. And God allowed those things until he started giving men revelation, greater revelation than what those men had. And we had, I'm not saying that this is different than people compromising this truth, okay? Men, as time went on, men started seeing, okay, wait a minute. Because there were individuals out there, nobody told them to do it, nobody asked them to do it. They just said, you know what, I'm gonna, I've been reading my Bible and, and we're doing this, but I keep seeing this in the Bible, but we keep doing it that way, but the Bible keeps saying doing it this way, and they started going, wait a minute. Maybe we should be doing it that way. Maybe we'll get more results if we do it this way instead of this way. And try to say, here, God, bless what I'm doing. Those people in that time were operating in the revelation they had. Has God given us more and more and more and more revelation as time's gone on? He has. I believe He has. I can speak for myself. I got way more revelation than I had when I first got into this 35 years ago. But I don't, at the same time, I don't feel like I've I've only gone about that far. <laughs> I got way farther to go than where I'm at. So. I don't want to be satisfied. I don't want to be settled with where I'm at. From a standpoint of what revelation God has given me, there's more to be had. And I want that. I want to know more. I want to understand it better. I want to know if there's something I'm doing that's not pleasing to God. I don't want to just... There's nothing wrong with saying I'm blessed and highly favored, but I, I, to me, I want to make sure that He feels that way. Because who's the person that he said that to in the Bible? That's, that, that's in the Bible. It's in there. Who was the one person he said that to? Who? Mary. Who said it to her? Angel of the Lord, right? And how? what was Mary's response to that? I'm not worthy. Who, who am I? Go pick somebody else. But the angel of the Lord picked who was going to be the mother of Jesus. And she kept a humble and a contrite spirit and a right spirit and a right heart. But it was the angel that told her. By extension, God told her, you're the one I've chosen. You're the one that is going to be the one, the vessel that I'm going to use. Has he done that with us in here today? We're all a chosen vessel, right? We all have a ministry, right? I'm not going to rehash what this man's already said this morning. But each one of us has a purpose and a goal in God's kingdom. We are laborers together with God. Is it not in God's best interest? And doesn't He love us enough to enlighten his own, us, His people, as to what is pleasing to Him? Don't you want to know? Don't you want to know that if that what you're doing is pleasing to God? Don't you? Don't you? Shouldn't you? Shouldn't we be going to God and saying, "Is what I'm doing pleasing to you?" And shouldn't we be ready for God to say, "Well, that is, but this isn't," because He's a gentleman. He's not going to come down and grab your your arm and shove you over here and try to make you do His will. 
You've got to want to. Brother Ogg's preached, you've got to have a want to. You don't know who that is? Look it up. It's probably on audio out on YouTube. You've got to have a want to. God that has speech impediment. Preach the message. You've got to have a want to. Yeah, I've got to want to serve God, Brother Becker. I've got to want to do this. I don't have to do this. I don't have to do this. I don't have to do, I don't have to spend the last 30 years for 35 years of my life living the way that I've been living. I can go out there and live any way I want. And you can too. Why don't we? Well, that's right. We don't want to. Why don't we want to? Cuz we found something that's better than good. We found something that has changed our life and turned us around. And I don't ever want to leave this. There's nothing out there I want. So why am I going to settle for God bringing me to a place of salvation and then just sit there? No one is called to a pew-sitting ministry. It's not in the book. Don't even try to look for it. I'm telling you, it's not there. No one is called to be idle in the marketplace. What did that what did that man say to those? Why are you standing here idle in the marketplace? Why are you settling for where you're at? Why are you satisfied with just sitting around and waiting for somebody to come find you a job? We need to be busy about our Father's business, whatever that is. Like He said this morning, He might not have called you to, to, to bring the harvest in from a city. He might have called you just to go pray over that city. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Psalms 19, verse 12 through 14 in the Amplified Classic says this, Who can understand his errors or omissions? His own. Acquit me of hidden, unconscious, unintended faults. Do we make mistakes? Do we mess up? Do we make bad decisions and wish we hadn't? Just, I mean, we make like, I heard one psychologist say we make somewhere in the neighborhood of 35,000 decisions a day. Little stuff. Which tie to wear? Am I going to go this way or that way to church? I mean, just little. We make decisions all day long. It's very possible that we can make bad or wrong decisions and find ourselves saying, man, I hadn't wished I hadn't made that decision. Wished I hadn't let that come out of my mouth or whatever. Also, keep back your servant from presumptuous, deliberate, willful sins. Let them not rule and have control over me. Then I will be blameless, complete. And I shall be acquitted of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart Be acceptable and pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my firm, immovable rock and my redeemer. Sounds like a prayer to me. It doesn't sound like a statement. Let my words. Father, let my words. Father, help me to make sure that my word, put a, put a guard over my mouth if you have to, God, but help me to make sure that the words of my mouth and the things I think about are pleasing in your sight. Don't let me be satisfied and settled for where I'm at spiritually. Don't let me stay a baby in God. I brought this out Wednesday. Who likes milkshakes? I love chocolate malts. Who likes steak? Oh, yeah. Medium rare. You cut one little piece and you chew that and enjoy that and all those juices are just exploding in your mouth. Man, then you can't wait for the next bite. 
You get a little mushroom and onion in there with that, man. Ugh. But in order to consume that steak, you got to chew it. You can't just swallow those pieces. Well, you could try. But somebody's going to be doing the Heimlich on you in the, in the restaurant, okay? So, but who likes baby food in jars? Yeah. It stuff's mushy. You don't even have to have teeth. You can just swallow it, just like eating malto meal or something like that. Any malto meal fans in the house? Oh, baby. <laughs> oh, malto meal. Let the words of my mouth, Father, don't let... Is our thought life important? I want to have a grown-up, spiritually grown-up thought life. I don't want to be satisfied for being a baby in my thought life. He's already talked about it. God has given us specific authority and dominion. You can't exercise that as a baby. We gotta be grown-up Christians. We gotta we gotta have our 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 mind and our spirit exercised through what? Through our own personal prayer life, through reading and studying and immersing ourselves in the Word. It's not by accident that I sometimes use these commentaries and, and other versions of the Bible. It's part of my study. I want to know what this what they were saying. What who was he talking to? Why did he say it that way? I don't want to just read it and call it good. I want to know. Take me deeper, God. Don't let me stay on this level. Take me down to another level. Deeper, deeper, deeper. Luke 10, 17-24. Jesus sends and empowers 70 believers. 70 followers. 70 disciples. It doesn't say in there where, whether... It doesn't say they were ministers. It doesn't say anything about them other than they were 70. People. Obviously, they must have been people he trusted. But it doesn't give any other specifications for these other than they were 70 individuals. And the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. Shouldn't that be the case in our, in our walk? Is that the case? Are the devils subject unto us by his name? Uh, you better believe it, they are. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Wow. Tell me Jesus isn't God. Because he had to be around to see that. Because that happened way before he was born. But in the, in the mind of God, Jesus was already his manifestation. He was already there. He was standing right there. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions, and over all, some, a little bit, no, all the power of the enemy, all of the power of the enemy, all of the power of the enemy, all of the power of the enemy. Why are we sitting on our Holy Ghost? Why are we sitting around not exercising our authority? He just said right here, He gave us all power over all power of the enemy. And nothing. A few things. No, nothing shall by any means hurt you. Are we going to come under attack sometimes? Oh yeah. It's not going to hurt you. God wouldn't let him take his life. Talking about Job. He let him take his kids. He let him do all kinds of stuff, but he didn't let him take his life. It's just, it's just you, you know, you know when you're doing the will of God when, when the enemy just won't leave you alone. In my book, when the enemy's leaving me alone, I gotta wonder: Am I sitting over here eating milk toast, or am I eating some meat? Notwithstanding in this, rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. 
In that hour, Jesus rejoiced in spirit and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and hast revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for so it had seemed good to thy sight, in thy sight. All things are delivered to me of my Father, and, uh, and no man knoweth the Son who, who the Son is but the Father, and who the Father is but the Son, and he to whom the Son will reveal him. Anybody ever heard of revelation, understanding, wisdom? How does that come? Now, I might get up here and speak a word from God. And your ears and your mind will hear it. But who brings the revelation to your mind? God does, not me. If I receive that and don't do anything with it, does it become revelation? I might forget it. But when God's trying to... Give us a nugget. We need to take that and run with it. Say, so what are you? Wow, God, that really spoke to me when he was saying that. What? Uh, he, he said all kinds of things, but that one thing spoke to me. Uh, this is me talking because this has happened to me. Man, I got I got to write that down right away, and I got to go home and study that today. I got to know what you're trying to say to me, God. Who wants Who wants to know that? I do. Don't leave me where I'm at, God. Take me somewhere higher. And he turned to him unto his disciples and said privately, Blessed are the eyes which see the things that you see. I want my eyes to be blessed. I want my mind and my spirit to be blessed. Because I see. That's why Jesus said, He hath ears to hear, let him hear. Be listening in the Holy Ghost. For I tell you that many prophets and kings have desired to see those things which you see. There's a lot of smart people in the world. College professors, people that could quote the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, but they have no understanding of what they're reading. They have no revelation. There are rabbis out there that don't know what we know. To hear those things which you hear and have not heard them. <clears throat> Luke ten twenty one to twenty four in the Amplified Classic says, In that very hour he was overjoyed and rejoiced greatly in the Holy Spirit, and said, I praise you, O Father of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things relating to salvation from the wise and intelligent, and have revealed them in, unto infants, the childlike and untaught. Yes, Father, for this was your gracious will and choice and was pleasing, well-pleasing in your sight. All things which have been transferred and turned over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except is except the Father, and who the Father is except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son wishes to reveal Him. I'm thankful that I got to understanding one day of who Jesus is. The turning of His... Then turning to His disciples... Jesus said privately, Blessed, joyful, spiritually enlightened, and favored by God are the eyes which see what you see. For I say to you that many prophets and kings long to see what you see, and they, they do not see it, and to hear what you hear, and did not hear it. Revelation three sixteen through 18 Jesus is talking to the church in Laodicea. To the seven churches, really, because these letters were to all the churches. This was just the one specifically to Laodicea about their mediocrity and their complacency. He said, so then, because thou art lukewarm. He's writing this to the church. Can you imagine being the first guy to open that letter and start reading it? I don't know if I would have I would have read it to myself first. And that I don't know if I'd have wanted to read this out loud to the congregation. Because somebody had to read it. And neither cold nor hot. God talking through the Holy Ghost, through the man that wrote this. I will spew thee out of my mouth. Wow. Because thou sayest I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. Because thou sayest. And knowest not that thou art wretched, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. I counsel thee to buy me of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, 
and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. And anoint thine eyes with eyesalve, that thou mayest see. God, what am I not seeing? Father, what am I not hearing? Are my ears dull of hearing? Father, don't please don't turn me over to a reprobate mind where I can't even comprehend whether I know the truth or not. We cannot allow ourselves to be lulled into accepting and setting, settling for a lax and mediocre relationship. When everything in the last days is dependent on the church being the church. The harvest is not going to happen. There's a harvest in this city. But it's not going to happen without laborers, folks. And we are it. We are it. We are it. We need to get busy. You don't need the pastor's permission. I don't think. No. There you go. Go. What did he tell his disciples after he went up to that room after his resurrection and he upbraided them with their unbelief? He gave them a good tongue lashing. And then what did he say? Go. Okay, guys, tongue lashing over. We're all good again. Go. 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 Go out there. Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. We don't need to be settling for less, folks, than what we're supposed to have. We are the children of the king. You think about that story about the prodigal son. When his dad put that ring on his finger and shoes on his feet and a robe around him, he had all the authority and power of the father right at that moment. He had the authority and power to make any decision concerning that father's holdings that he ever wanted to make. What do you think happened when we got baptized in Jesus' name and got the Holy Ghost? He put a ring on our finger, folks. He put a robe on our back and he put shoes on our feet and we weren't this something that got drug out of the ditch somewhere anymore. We are his royal children. And we have that authority and power of the Father living and dwelling in us right now, Bob. You can lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. You can lay hands on somebody and they'll receive the Holy Ghost. You don't need any of us around. You've got the same power and authority anybody in this room's got. You need to know that and understand that. Like Pastor said, you've got to use a little wisdom. Don't go vomit on people. <laughs> Use wisdom. Be wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. you got to give people stuff in bites sometimes. You know, they're just not where we are. I was like that. I came out of Catholicism. I had, they had to give this stuff to me in bites. It was, a little, it was a lot to take in all at once. Romans 1.28 says, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge... God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Who are they? Who are they in the Scripture? Who's writing this? Paul. Who's he writing it to? The church at Rome. So who's the, who's, who's the audience? The church. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. God forbid that any of us get to that place. I'm sick of hearing this. I'm not, I didn't just, I don't mean that. I'm just saying as an example. I don't ever want to get to the place where I'm sick and tired of hearing about the things of God. Because this is going to happen to you. This scripture's in here for a reason. He will Turn you over to a reprobate mind. He gave them over to a reprobate mind so that they did not know the things which were... They didn't know what truth was. They couldn't tell the difference if their life depended on it. Romans 
Matthew seven twenty one to twenty three. Not every one of when not every one that saith unto me, Lord, Lord. What does it mean when you say Lord, Lord? Back in that day, it meant that you were acknowledging that Lord was who to the Jewish people, Jehovah, God, right? Acknowledging that He, the infinite God, is your ultimate authority over your life. Is He still Lord of your life? With that understanding? He's the ultimate authority over your life. Period. Stop. End of story. You don't get to have a say. That's what that means when you say, you're my Lord. You are in complete control. I relinquish and I give up all control over my life. That sounds hard, doesn't it? Wait a minute. i got my own life to live. Really? Really? You better rethink that. <laughs> Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Am I doing the will of my, of my Father? Or am I doing what I want? Many will say to me in that last day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils. And in thy name done many wonderful works. And even those people, those believers that were doing all of those things, he's going to say to them, what? And then I will profess to them, I never knew you. Wait a minute. How is that possible? If I've been baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, and I've been and I've been exercising the authority you gave me, God, and all these things, how is it possible that Jesus is going to say to them, Depart from me, I never knew you? What's what's wrong? Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. What's iniquity? Doing what you want to do. In the Old Testament, there's a scripture talking about Satan that says, until iniquity was found in him. That's what got him kicked out of heaven. Iniquity was found in him. What was the iniquity that was found in him? Not pride. Well, pride was a product of that. He wanted to be God. He wanted to have some say. He wanted that. I I think I should be able to make a decision. Lucifer did because he was a beautiful angel, wasn't he? He was the chief musician. He decided he was going to try and see if he could usurp God's authority. How'd that work out? It didn't. And his followers went with him. Matthew 15 and 8 says, This people draw nigh unto me with their mouth, you can stand, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Where are we, church, in our walk with God? That's up for you to decide. It's, I'm not here to persuade you one way or the other. I'm not here to convince you one way or the other. You have to receive what's been spoken this morning and, and, and right now, and you have to determine in your own mind where you stand with the knowledge and the revelation and the things that you've heard today, where are you at in your walk with God? You've got to go get with yourself and God somewhere, and you've got to find out, if am I where I need to be? Am I in the field? Am I even in the field, or am I still sitting in the marketplace somewhere? He's already put us in the field. We're already laborers in the harvest. Are we acting like it? Don't settle. For less than what you have coming to you, if I can say it that way. He said he came to give us the kingdom. We're his children. Whatever we want, the king has given it to us. Power, authority, dominion. All of those things. And there's hungry people out there that are waiting for somebody like one of us standing in this room today that has the truth that has the words of eternal life. Father, we love you today. I don't know if if you need to come to this altar, if you feel like God's been dealing with you. I'm not going to tell you you have to. I'm not going to tell you you don't. 
I'm not going to ask everybody to come up here, but if you feel like you need to get some things straight with God right now before you leave here, this altar's open. And I'm just going to stand up here and pray. I'm not, I don't even have my eyes open. I don't even want to see. But God knows your heart. God knows who He's been dealing with in this place. Father, we love you, Jesus. Lord, thank you for bringing a word to us this morning. Thank you for bringing a word to us this afternoon. Thank you, Father, for your word that is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Lord, your word that is able to divide asunder.